take care while listening to this podcast. It discusses criminal activity, including violence, abduction, and murder, sometimes involving children. Also, any opinions in these episodes are solely the opinions of the creators telling the story. Suspects mentioned in these tales are considered innocent unless proven guilty in a court of law. And these are real stories about real people. The most important thing we can do to honor the victims and their loved ones is to play an active role in our criminal justice system, remain vigilant in understanding our surroundings, and support organizations that work to make sure that stories like these remain the exception and not the rule. In The Offshore Pirate, F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote, All life is just a progression toward, and then a recession from, one phrase, I love you. That sentiment captures the ebb and flow of the heart, with love being the center. The journey toward it and then away from it can feel like a roller coaster, or the slow movement of the tides on a beach. It might also explain why Valentine's Day is a quote holiday that is both equally loved and reviled, both anticipated and dreaded depending on where you are in your life. Artists have grappled with this notion since the first human felt the inspiration to paint on a cave wall to dance, or sing out in the night sky. Love both gained and lost has been the inspiration for most art, both the written word, the painted portrait, and the harmony of the soul. There is perhaps no place where the existence of love is more fervently expressed than through music, and, in recent years, no star has more consistently examined love in both its beautiful and beastly forms more completely than Taylor Swift. If, a year ago, you would have told me that I would not only like her music, but consider myself a Swifty, I would have called you crazy to your face. But, that's where we are. What a difference a year makes. So why, might you ask, is Taylor Swift being mentioned in a true crime podcast collaboration? Well, she's the inspiration for the stories we're telling in this miniseries. Each case was chosen based on the title of a Taylor Swift song. So, let's dive into this episode of the Taylor Swift-inspired true crime collaboration. First up, Cruel Summer by True Crime Connections. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me for this cruel summer inspired by Taylor Swift. My name is Tiffany and I'm the host of True Crime Connections Advocacy Podcast. Let's get in to this story. On July 22nd, 2015 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Broken Arrow 911 Dispatch received a call from 12-year-old Daniel Bever. He told dispatchers that his older brother, 16-year-old Michael, and 18-year-old Robert 
were attacking the family. It was not long after that, the line went dead. Two officers went to the house at 709 Magnolia Court and they saw blood on the porch. They knocked on the door and that's when they could hear a female yelling for help. And that's when they found 13-year-old Crystal Bever, bleeding from multiple stab wounds on her arms and stomach. While searching the rest of the home, they found five additional deceased bodies. The mother, April, who was 45, father, David, 54, Daniel, the 12-year-old who called them, six-year-old Christopher, and five-year-old Victoria. There was only one survivor found completely unharmed, and that was Autumn, who was two years old. Crystal was rushed to the hospital and was listed as being in serious but stable condition. But she had to have emergency surgery because they slit her throat. So they knew that she was going to bleed out if they didn't get her help as soon as possible. While doing more searching of the home, they found knives, hatchets, protective gear. All of it seemed to be used in this bloodbath because it had blood on them. When Crystal was out of surgery, they were finally able to talk to her. That's when they find out exactly what had transpired and even a possible motive as to why. She said that she was tricked by her two brothers, Robert and Michael. They called her into a bedroom and that's when they proceeded to stab her and slit her throat. The medical examiner decided that the time of death was between late July 22nd and very early July 23rd. The father, David, had 28 stab wounds to the torso, face, neck, left arm, and his hand. Mother April had a blunt force trauma and more than 48 wounds to her head, neck, arms, hands, and torso. Daniel was stabbed 21 times in his back, chest, and shoulders. Christopher also had 21 stab wounds in his chest, shoulder, back, and lower leg. Victoria had 23 stab wounds on both sides of her neck, her upper arm, chest, and back. It showed that they all tried to get away or at least try to defend themselves. How could something like this happen? Police couldn't believe that two young boys could be responsible for all of this destruction. They start talking to the neighbors and they found that this family was very private. They didn't allow their children to have friends and they even homeschooled all of the kids. They didn't even know the names of the people who were living in the home. Crystal also did tell investigators that their father was physically and verbally abusive to all of the children in the home. Question is now, where's Michael and Robert? After the murder spree, they fled out the back door when the police arrived. They were later found hiding in the woods after using the canine unit to help find them. After they were taken into custody, the brothers confessed and said that the original plan was to dismember the bodies and hide them in storage bins in their attic. They wanted to steal the car and then further this killing spree to the outside world with hopes to outdoing the Columbine High School Massacre in 1999. 
Apparently they had been planning this for some time. The plan was to take out another five random strangers and to get at least 50 that day. The top number they wanted to reach was 500 or more. Robert was even still armed with a knife when they took him into custody. Later on July 23rd, 2015, a shipment was delivered to the home with 3,000 rounds of ammunition. So clearly they were getting ready for this massive killing spree. They were both charged with five counts of first degree murder and one count of assault and battery with intent. On July 25th, Michael was charged as an adult. Their brothers were arranged in court on August 3rd. They both pled not guilty, but they already, the police found that they had a flash drive. And on this flash drive was literally their entire plans for this killing spree. Robert saw the writing on the wall and he eventually pled guilty. He got life with no chance of parole. On July 6, 2016, Robert attempted suicide in his cell by hanging himself with some bed sheets. While Michael rolled the dice and went to court on April 16th of 2018, he was found guilty. And then August 9th of 2018, he received his sentence, which was life with the possibility of parole. His attorney was really trying to dive into the jurors that these children were abused. They had had enough and they retaliated. The city council tried to raise money to buy the Bever home so they could tear it down and make a memorial park. But on March 18th in 2017, the house was burned down. So they didn't have to knock it down. And on March 27, 2019, it was turned into a reflection park. The only thing I really don't understand about this story, well, I mean, come on, there's a lot of things I don't understand, is why the brothers would take out all the other children if they were being abused as well. It's not like they were singled out. That I, I don't understand their motives behind killing all the other children that were in the home. I mean, really, you shouldn't kill your mom and dad either, but I mean, if you're going to abuse your kids, you cannot accept people to deal with this shit. I don't know. I just thought that this was a crazy story on how two very young men completely ruined not only their lives, but the lives of their entire family and everybody who knew them. Although they were very private, people were just absolutely blown away by this. It was senseless, could have been preventable, and it was a cruel summer. All information on this case was found on Wikipedia. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to follow me, my website is truecrimeconnections.com. Come and find me on Instagram and TikTok. And that's True Crime Connections Advocacy Podcast. All right, you guys. Until next time. I
Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out all the other tales in this limited series featuring Extinguished, Deep Dark Secrets, Murder and Mimosas, True Crime Connections, and of course, Santa may be a criminal. Be nice.